I'm John Quinn, and this is Law Disrupted. And this is another of our conversations with associates at our firm, where we're exploring what life is like at a large law firm and how associates' careers develop and their skills as lawyers grow during the time they spend at a law firm. And today we have the privilege of speaking with Mari Henderson, who is a eighth-year associate at our firm. Mari, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Now, I know you took a couple of years off at one point to work with the district attorney's office, I think. Yes, I was a junior associate with this firm for, um, from 2015 to 2017, and then I left to be a prosecutor for three years, and then I came back at the height of COVID, and I've been here ever since. And that must have been a, a very different experience working in the DA's office. It was a very different experience, but there are a lot of similarities. I was just saying, I was in trial last week, um, and I had the opportunity to work with Bill Price and Crystal Nix Hines. And one thing I loved about being a DA is like you're you're in the trenches. You're together. You're throwing ideas at each other. What'll work? What won't work? And when you're on a trial team and you're in the war room, it's the exact same thing. A lot of similarities then. Yes. As you reflect on your eight years as a lawyer, a couple of years taken off uh, in the DA's office, starting with our firm right out of law school. I mean, what, how do you reflect on, what observations do you have kind of about the arc of your career and, and your learning to be a, a trial lawyer? Well, all I wanted was to be a trial lawyer, and so that is why I chose Quinn Emanuel as the firm I wanted to go to when I graduated. And right off the bat, I had great experience. I worked on the uh, PG&E fire cases, and I also had the opportunity to work on a case defending USC against the football coach, Steve Sarkeesian, who had sued, and I know you were working yeah, on we that case on that as well. <laughs> yeah, so I had the opportunity, the wonderful opportunity to work with you and uh, Mike Williams and, and the rest of the team on that matter. So I had really great experience early on, and it was interesting because I had applied to be a DA knowing that so many of the wonderful trial attorneys at our firm, Diane Doolittle, Chris Tabak, Steve Madison, so many have experience as prosecutors. So I had applied to the DA's office, but wasn't sure when I would be able to get in because of budget freezes and hiring freezes. And I got a call from Jackie Lacey, the DA, the day I was in Sacramento about to start a 12-week trial for PG&E. And I thought, how could I possibly leave? This is going to be one of the best experiences of my career. I am a second year associate. I'm working on opening with Bob Feldman. I'm um, prepping the key witnesses. And I told her I'd have to call her back. And then the very next day, the case settled. So I thought, this must, this must be a sign. I'm going to go. I'm going to go to the DA's office and then come right back. So coming out of law school, you knew you wanted to be a trial lawyer? Absolutely. As you reflect your, on your state of mind when you first joined our firm, um, did you have some apprehension about what it meant to be an associate at a large law firm? What it meant to be a trial lawyer? How you would get from where you were just starting out to getting to the point you are now where you're an experienced trial lawyer? What, kind of what was your state of mind? Well, my uh, parents are trial attorneys. They're plaintiffs med mal attorneys, but they're a solo firm. And so it's a very different experience and they know nothing about big law. So I, I was apprehensive in, in the sense that I didn't know really what to expect. Um, but I had a wonderful opportunity first time around to work on really big cases, which is what I wanted. I was a reporter out of college and I love news and um, like the big headline grabbing stories. And that was kind of where I wanted my career to go. And so I had the great opportunity to work on those headline grabbing cases here early on. How did you learn? 
I mean, what was the process like? I know for any new job, and certainly for a profession, there's got to be a, you know, you learn things bit by bit, incrementally, and, and growing grow confidence, hopefully. What was that process like for you? Well, I think one of the things I love most about this firm is the mock trials we do, because that is really the opportunity for me to learn and to test things out and to help refine the case themes and the issues. And so I learned a lot um, that first two years we did mock trials for the PG&E case first before any deposition had been taped. And so our plan... That's kind of unusual. Did mock trials before any depositions were... What was the thinking on that? So the thinking was we wanted to help show the client and then also refine for us like what the issues were going to be as we were leading into a uh, potential trial and also all of these big, large group settlements. And so the first mock trial, we actually hired actors, like no joke, to play um, the CAL FIRE chief to play like the PG&E corporate representative, to play um, the plaintiffs. We, we hired actors, we created scripts for them of what we thought that they were going to testify to, what we knew from the investigative reports and um, the documents that had been filed as of that time. And then after all the depositions, we did a second mock trial on the eve of trial. And that is always really a great learning experience because you're putting together, you know, the entire, you basically come out with a full opening and closing deck you know, before trial has started because you have to go through that process in the mock. Well, there, were there any uh, frustrations or disappointments along the way? There must have been some. Some things that didn't go, from your standpoint, ideally or uh, optimally. I think early on, I, m maybe my only frustration would have been you're eager and you want to be able to do things yourself or, or do more of them. Um, but I really... I got the opportunity in that case to second chair the expert, the key expert depositions. And so I, I can't complain about the experience that I had there. I, I really learned a lot, um, but I, I know I wanted to be able to kind of get in the court myself and do it myself, which is why I then left for the DA's office and I actually was on, I wanted to get to a certain number in my head before I came back to Quinn. Like, let me, in my head I was like, let me get to 25. Let me 25 get to 25 trials. trials. So I was about to start my 20th trial on Friday, March 13th, 2020. I was, uh, there was a jury coming in that day for a burglary trial and the world stopped and I decided, you know, what I liked most about that job was, which is what I'm like most here is doing trials and what I like least was running calendar. And all I was doing was running calendar and continuing cases month after month. And so I thought it's time to come back. And how has the experience been since you came back? The experience has been phenomenal because I've been able to get in the courtroom. I've had two back-to-back -back trials just in the last two months. I was uh, on one of the Tesla trials and I had the opportunity to take uh, our two defense witnesses at trial uh, in federal court in San Francisco. I uh, just came back last week from a very unique trial where we represent the University of Pennsylvania in uh, proceedings where we are seeking major sanctions against a law school professor uh, for her racist and discriminatory conduct towards her students. And again, I had the opportunity to take three of our witnesses who were student alums at the University of Pennsylvania. So it's been great. Well, it sounds like professionally, uh, it's been a really good experience for you. How about on a personal level? Have, has there been a lot of stress, sleepless nights, difficult managing other things you have going on in your life? Talk, uh, talk to us a little bit about that. 
So on a personal level, um, last year was difficult to juggle. I uh, came back in January from maternity leave, so I had a five-month-old. Is that your first child? My first child. He is now Wonderful. 21 months. <laughs> so I came back in January from maternity leave, and everyone was very supportive, and it was nice because I was working on one of my other favorite cases. We represented... Um, he is essentially the Jeff Bezos of China. He uh, runs the equivalent of Amazon in China, and we were representing him in a case that was that um, almost went to trial last year. So it was as if I picked up right where I left off in that case, even though I had taken five months off. I came, jumped right back in, right back to doing depots, preparing our experts, preparing the mock trials, preparing our defendant for his deposition, and then um, trial testimony, and. When I came back from maternity leave, I luckily I'm fine now, but I was diagnosed with early stage oral cancer last year. Oh, didn't know that. Yeah, and um, everyone at the firm was incredibly supportive because I had to take more time off beyond maternity leave because I had to have surgery to remove the tumor from my tongue. So I took about a month off um, last summer to recover from that. And I was very concerned because as a former reporter and as a litigator and a trial attorney, being able to speak is pretty important. my number one goal, I would say. Um, Fortunately, obviously, it hasn't handicapped you at all. Yes, <laughs> I'm very lucky uh, to the team of doctors I had at UCLA that I, my speech has not been impaired. Uh, so I had to take time off. You know, it's like I came back from maternity leave and then I had to go right back out again for medical leave and everyone could not have been more supportive. I mean, Diane Doolittle, she was sending me baby gifts. Everyone from um, Chris Tabak, Bruce Van Dalsum, Diane, uh, that was the main case I was on at the time and they gave me the space and the time to be able to heal and worked with me because we were preparing for a six-week trial in Minnesota right as I was coming back and worked with me and my schedule to be able to come out uh, for the trial but not for the entire time so everyone has been incredibly supportive but I think after last year <laughs> it's like I can do anything now. Right, right. Superwoman. <laughs> yeah. What advice or thoughts would you have to share with uh a uh, young law student who's thinking about uh, a career at a large law firm, based on your experience. Are there some, some observations that you would make that, about the pluses and minuses or how to succeed in that environment? I would say in terms of how to succeed, you should reach out, like don't be shy reaching out to partners and trying to get on cases and advocate for yourself. Um, that's how I got on the USC case as I walked down the, down the, the hall and I knocked on Mike Williams door and I said, I'd love the opportunity to work with you. And he put me on that case and it was a wonderful experience for me. Um, you know, advocate for yourself and, and say, you know, I would love the opportunity to take a deposition. And, and, and who knows, there might be a time where you can first chair a deposition of, you know, maybe not the key witness, but an, another supporting witness. And so just advocate for yourself would be my, uh, the, the worst that can happen is they say no. And, but they know that because you've asked and because you've tried, they keep that in the back of their mind. I think that's great advice. I think that's great advice. I think sometimes uh, young lawyers don't put themselves out uh, enough and raise their hand and say, I'd like to do that. Yeah, and, I think and that's great advice. And I get emails a lot because I've helped grow our crisis law and strategy practice group. And so I get emails from 
first years or new attorneys who are starting at the firm and they say, you know, I've seen your experience, I would love the opportunity to work with you. And even if I don't, you know, have a case or, or something they can work on right at that time, I always mark the email. And there's in fact an associate who reached out to me and I said, I'll, I'll be in the office today, I'd love to say hi. So I'm gonna go meet him after this. And so, you know, introduce yourself, make those introductions because you never know what it will lead to. So what, do, what does the future look like for you? I mean, ideally, uh, what would you like to do? What are your interests going forward? As an eighth-year associate, there comes a point where you're considered for partnership in the firm. I, I don't know if that's something you're interested in. Not everybody is. Uh, of course, that's, uh, if you are interested, I guess that can be a little nerve-wracking, too, because it's not a decision that's totally under your control. How do you think about those kinds of issues in your future? Well, it is most definitely something I'm interested in, so it can be nerve-wracking as I prepare to put my best business case forward, and I think uh, one thing I need to shift more towards is business development, which is something else I love at this firm, you know, doing the marketing assignments, uh, being able to learn how to put together pitches, and I've had the great opportunity to, you know, use my connections and try to utilize them to pitch cases, to bring in cases. So that uh, certainly is a focus of mine this year after I finish up with what will be four trials this year, hopefully. <laughs> um, in terms of what I see for my futures, I would love the opportunity at some point to join the partnership at this firm to help the firm grow and to be um, at some point among the great ranks of trial attorneys at this firm. Well, Mari, thank you so much. Thank you for everything that you've done for our clients and for our firm. Thank you. We've been talking with Mari Henderson, a senior associate at our law firm, Quinn Emanuel. This is John Quinn, and this is Law Disrupted.